God promised me on January the 5th that my eyes would see 100,000 people baptized in the Holy Spirit. In just 23 days, is today the 23rd? Okay. Because if not, I was going to change it and say in 22 days. In 23 days, we've seen right at about 1,000 people. Between what happened this week, what happened this morning. And he's going to do it again right now. I believe he's going to do it again right now. November the 24th, 1988. I was eight years old when God baptized me in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. My brother was baptized in the Holy Ghost when he was six years old. My children were all baptized in the Holy Ghost before they were seven years old. This is, the Bible says, this is unto you and your children, and yea, even those that are afar off. I'm thankful for a church that doesn't simply take a bunch of kids to the back room and turn on a movie. I'm thankful for a church that's raising up a generation of revivalists that would carve out time on a Sunday night to bring the next generation in here so that we can pray over them that they might too be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with power and with fire. Not just these children, but these students that are here as well. And college and career, or whatever you call them now. I don't know what all the modern terms are anymore, but from 0 to 21, I want you to know this is real. I learned that you can argue about pretty much anything you want, and the wisest person does the wisest person doesn't win the argument. It's the one that knows how to argue. It's the one that knows how to fight the best. But there's one thing you can't argue away. That's an experience. When, you, when something happens to you, you can give me all your reasoning. And I walk away saying, listen, all I know. There was, a, there was a man in the Bible that I thought I might preach about tonight. Jesus heals him. He had been blind since birth. He gets healed. And all the religious people start questioning, well, why did he heal you on the Sabbath? And how did he do it? And why? they're just all these questions. And the guy finally says, look, this is all I know. Once I was blind, but now I see. And this is what, this is what I want for my kids. My kids are 17, 16. Well, they're all about to have birthdays. But they're 17, 16. 14, 14, and 11. It's a lot of kids. It's like having a daycare. All I want is to make sure my kids have a, a moment, an experience with God. So great that when this world tells them that God isn't real, they say, listen, all I know is that I went to a Sunday night service at City Reach. All I know is that what I felt 
it came from heaven it was from another world God loves you young people so much and this is the way I feel to do it tonight if some of your ministry team that's here if they would come stand up here with me I want to pray a blessing over these young people tonight I just want to pray a blessing and then I want the ministry team to come help me lay hands on every one of these young people young people you we're just gonna lay our hands on you nobody's gonna do anything crazy but we're gonna lay our hands on you Dominic Jackson can I use you as an example for a minute we're just gonna come and lay our hands because the Bible says that when you lay hands you're imparting blessing and I'm gonna pray the prayer over you young people the same prayer I pray over my kids every day I'm gonna pray that that you have an experience with God and as when I get done praying my prayer, I'm just asking this ministry team, it'll almost be like an old-fashioned prayer line. All these, there's a whole line of kids like this, and I'm just going to have that ministry team start from there and just walk by and just lay hands on everybody. Does that make sense? Is that okay, Pastor Natalie? We're just going to lay hands on every one of you, and we're going to speak the blessing of the Lord over you. And I believe you're going to have an experience with God. Amen? All right, I want to ask you if you're... Now, again, you don't have to, but if you're willing to do it, I want to ask you all to raise your hands, but I want you to raise your hands like this, like you're receiving something. Because I'm going to speak a blessing over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless every one of these young people that's here tonight. I declare that they belong to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I speak kingdom health kingdom wealth and kingdom blessing over every one of them they will graduate high school they will graduate college and they will do great exploits in the name of Jesus but above and beyond anything else they will serve the Lord I rebuke the devourer, I rebuke temptation, I rebuke generational curses, and I speak blessing, 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 favor, 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 joy, 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 and fire, fire, fire on you now. Help me, ministry team. Hallelujah. More blessing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, just each one of them, hallelujah, in Jesus' name, touch. Ooh, there's an anointing on these kids. Go ahead, go ahead, mercy, the blessing of the Lord. Hey, Shabande Sabaya. Oh my, hallelujah. Someone get this. Are you seeing this? There's an anointing coming on these young people tonight. The fire and the blessing of God upon your life. Come on, that's it. Share it, impart it to them. Dominic, you'll never be broke. The hand of the Lord will be on your life all the days of your life. And you will serve the Lord. God's hand be upon your life.
is incredible. There's a whole generation of kids being baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire. There's young people drunk in the Holy Spirit, crying, speaking in other tongues. Yes.
I'm almost speechless. We've had strong moves of God today. And then that there was just something so holy about what just happened in this altar. Dominic, how you feel? You feel good. How do you feel, Miss Sakura? You feel good? What about you, Moises? You feel good too? What about you? Yeah, me too. Nathan, how do you feel? By the way, I'm not prophesying. They all got name tags. Someone's like, my God, he's, what a prophet. He knows everybody's name. Thank God for name tags. You feel good, Nathan? That young lady, that's just blessing me. She's just out under the power of God. You can't fake that. That's not trained behavior. That's the power of God. And by the way, if somebody were to criticize, I'm on a rant right now. Is that okay, Pastor Natalie? If somebody were to criticize it, do you know how I learned to be Pentecostal? My mom and dad took me to church. They didn't leave me in the car. I didn't watch a movie in the fellowship hall. I was in the altar. And I heard my mom speak in other tongues. I heard my father speak in other tongues. When it was time to praise and worship, my dad didn't get up there and dance alone. He'd get me by the hand and we worshiped and praised God together. I was learning the language. I was learning the custom. I was learning the things of the Spirit so that Proverbs 3 would be fulfilled in my life that when I grow old, I would not depart from the faith. That's what we're doing tonight. We're teaching them the power. We're teaching them how to respond. We're teaching them to yield to the Holy Ghost so that when they are old, they will not depart from the faith. All you wonderful young people, do me a favor. Come up here on the platform with me. Come up here with me. If you're okay, I won't. Come up here on the stage if you don't know what it is. Help that young lady. She's too drunk to walk alone. It's like drinking too much child Tylenol or something right there. Just Hallelujah. I was going to say, Miss Haley, would you come with me up here? I want you with me up here. Where's your name tag? What's going on, Virgil? How you doing? I'm Tony. How are you? You know my name? Who told you? Oh, man, your mom's telling you all this stuff, huh? This is what I felt to do with you guys. I think you guys are anointed. I think you're powerful. I think I'm going to say some stuff right now that won't even make sense to 80% of you, but I'm going to speak it over you anyways. This is a creative generation that has the ability, in my opinion, to create wealth unlike what the world has seen since the industrial revolution.
These are entrepreneurs and business owners and government leaders and lawyers and doctors and mayors and maybe the president of the United States is up here. I don't know. Greatness. This is greatness. You're looking at greatness. You never know who one of these people is going to become. I met Brother Frank, I met John Kilpatrick a few months ago at Fresh Start at a conference. John Kilpatrick was the pastor of Brownsville Assemblies of God when, when the revival broke out, the Brownsville revival in the 90s. It was a bucket list thing for me. I wanted to meet him, and he was at the conference. And so um, just listening to him talk, you know what he told me? He told us at the table that when he was a young person, he used to, he used to go to Oral Roberts tent revivals. Nobody knew who he was, and his dad was a drunk who didn't serve the Lord, and he'd get a beating every time he went to church, but he kept going. Nobody knew who John Kilpatrick was. That's not a name anybody knew. Nobody knew who was sitting in that tent at the Oral Roberts meetings, but little did they know that there was a young person there that one day God would use to ignite one of the largest revivals the world has ever seen. And I say, Lord... Let another John Kilpatrick come from this group right here. Let another Oral Roberts come from this group right here. Let another mighty evangelist and preacher of the gospel. Let another Brian Bolt come from this group in the name. Let another Brother Frank come from this group in the name of Jesus. Another Natalie Bolt be born from this group. Now this is why I invited you up here, young people. I want you to stretch your hands towards these adults like this because they're going to speak blessing over you now in the name of Jesus. If you're up here, you don't have to do it, but if you'll do it with me, if you young people that are here, if you'll repeat these words with me, I know Haley will do it. Say with me, in the name of Jesus. I bless these adults. I speak favor. I speak blessing. And I speak Holy Ghost fire over all of them right now in Jesus' name. Now receive that blessing from these young people. This shall be the house where the former and the latter rain falls together. Hallelujah. God bless you. You blessed me so much. Let's sing that revival song one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Brian, I just looked four rows behind you and I saw a lady that used to come with a cane to the service. Are you still healed? Amen. Sometimes people lose what they get. They get distracted or they get cynical. And they walk out of their blessing. But she kept her healing. If you weren't here this morning, she came in on a cane. She had lumps all up and down her legs. Fix up my pant leg there. We prayed for her. God touched her. God healed her. She came off of the cane and started walking and then running and then dancing. She gave me a cane and said give it to somebody else and then if that wasn't enough she checked again all the lumps that were there they're gone only God you ought to shout like they're your legs you ought to praise God like he did it for you I serve a miracle working God. And I don't get tired of that, Pastor Brian. I live for revival. It's what I was born for. I, I don't get tired of it. I can do it every night. I love it. I love it. And it's the only way the world's ever going to know that Jesus is real. Jesus came to this earth. And he ministered in miracles, signs, and wonders to convince the people. Now, there's some people who still won't be convinced. But it was through miracles and signs and wonders that people were brought into the kingdom. So God can do this with you on your work, on your work site, at your office, at your school. When you hear of somebody going through something, you can say, can I pray for you? Now just because I feel like in a teaching mode here for a minute, don't make it weird. One thing's in the house of God where, you you know, you act one way when you're in your house. You, do, you act another way when you're at somebody else's house. At least I hope so. Jesus is a gentleman. If, you, if I could only teach you two things about ministry, I learned it from my mentor. His name is Morton Buster. He taught me the gifts of the Spirit. Mighty man of God. Prophet of God. He taught me two things. Number one, he said, don't ever jazz up Jesus. That means don't exaggerate. You don't have to puff up the numbers. You don't have to exaggerate what God, he's good enough on his own. He doesn't need exaggeration. So he said, don't jazz up Jesus. And number two, Jesus is a gentleman. The only time he got angry and started kicking stuff is when people turned the church into Walmart. He started kicking tables over. But otherwise, the Bible says he knocks at the door of your heart. So you can't force anybody, but just be kind to people. Everyone's ugly. Let the Christians be nice, okay? They already know what you're against. Let them know what you're for. Okay? And present Jesus to them. God will use you. And then when God uses you, don't you take the credit with the selfie and say, look what I did. But say, look what the Lord has done. 
And if you'll point all the credit and all the glory and all the praise to Jesus, then he'll know he can trust you and you'll just have a life full of signs, miracles, and wonders because he'll always get the credit and the glory. Amen. I felt just a moment ago when you were bringing the pulpit up, I felt the need to speak a word that I have not spoken in a very long time. And it just, it was not in my mind, my plans, or anything to preach this over Revival Weekend. But I really felt like I need to speak this to some people. And so I want to go to the book of Judges. And I want to go to chapter 16. And I'm going to read from verse 18 through verse 21. Libro de los jueces. Gloria a Dios. Capítulo 16, del 18 al 21. I promise I won't be too long tonight because I got to catch an airplane. Glory to God. <laughs> Someone said, take your time. I said, I'll take my time, but I'm out at 1030. Glory to God. Judges 16, verse 18 through 21. You know, if I wanted to be like really cliche, I'd declare over someone tonight that God's about to win a victory for you. When all hope seems lost, God said, I'm going to give you a Los Angeles Rams kind of a victory. <laughs> just, just when you thought Brady has beat you. <laughs> That'd be too easy. Anyway, so I won't do that. But congratulations, Los Angeles. That was, I don't even know what to say about that. I thought the Mafia were Bucks fans there until the last 45 seconds. And then turns out the L.A. Uh, cartel is a little stronger than the East Coast Mafia, I guess. You can't amen that because then we know who you are. Like you just came out of witness protection and like you just, I mean, you just got in and now you exposed yourself and now we know. That's not Julio, that's Frank. Anyways, all right. Six, I got to stop you. Jesus, bring me back to my sermon. Amen. All right. Judges 16, 18 through 21. I really feel like this is a very God-ordained moment for many of you. And I'll explain why in just a moment. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth. So she sent for the Philistine rulers. Come back one more time. For he's finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with the money in their hands, and Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with her head, with his head in her lap. And when she called in, and then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. And in this way, she began to bring him down, and his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. And Samson said, Samson woke up and he, and he thought, or he said, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he hadn't realized that the Lord had left him. So the Philistines, verse 21 is what I want to focus on for just a moment. So the Philistines captured him, gouged out his eyes, and they took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze, cha with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison Oh, goodness, I'm just going to ruin the sermon because I want to read to you one of my top five Bible verses in the entire Bible. It's verse 22. But before long, his hair began to grow back. Another translation says, but alas, 
his hair came back. Father, use me to encourage the person that you have me preaching to tonight. Use me for your glory. Help this word to come through clearly. That it would be understood why you are speaking this word to this house today. And may your name be glorified. And may signs, miracles, and wonders break out. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. you could be seated in the presence of the Lord. Samson is more than just the unique desire or the common desire of a man and a woman to want to have a child. This is more than just the byproduct of marriage. He was the perfect will of God for his generation. This was God's promised son to, to his parents. God spoke and knew that Israel was at a dangerous time in their history. Trouble had befallen them because of their rebellion. But God loved them so much that even when they would rebel, God would always make a path of redemption for Israel. And God, in his infinite wisdom, decided to raise up a boy named Samson that would be a deliverer, that would be a liberator, that would be a mighty man that would push back the Philistines into defeat. And he had power like no other man had. He had abilities that no other man had. He had access to God that other men didn't have. The problem with Samson isn't what he had. It's that there was some things he wasn't supposed to do. And for all the power and all the authority and all the access that Samson had, Samson's problem is he always wanted to dabble in the things he wasn't supposed to touch. He would get distracted by sin. He would get distracted by these things. It's amazing how, you can, how this basket can mean nothing to you, but as soon as someone says, don't touch it, there's just something about you that makes you want to walk by the basket and just... There's something about it. You get on the airplane, and they say, well, I'm sorry. I'm going to start. They say, please wear something. And there's something about you that just makes you want to. It just bring it down just a little bit. Maybe that wasn't the best analogy. I'm sorry, guys. There's just something about the human nature that always wants what they're not supposed to have. Now, this has been going on since the garden. God tells Adam and Eve, welcome to paradise. You can have everything here. Just that one tree, leave it alone. And all of a sudden, they got, they got paradise. They get to name the animals. They get to hang out with God every day. Everything's perfect. Yet somehow they... So Samson has power, might, authority, ability. He's just not supposed to drink, but he ever can't stop drinking. He's not supposed to touch dead carcasses, but he touches dead carcasses. One time he had his parents eat honey from a dead carcass, so not, not only is he sinning, he's causing his... Anyways, he's always doing these things. Yet the power and the might and the anointing never leave Samson's life. I promise you this is a positive sermon, not a, I'm not throwing stones at you, okay? The power and the anointing never leaves his life. 
until that one day. He's sitting with Delilah, and Delilah says, Boo, you play too much. I've been trying to figure out where your power comes from, and you tell me it's this, because one time he's playing, he's like, if you bind me with string, and then he, listen, Samson was so messed up, how messed up was he? One time he laid with a prostitute. And the Philistines came into town and the spirit of the Lord came on Samson and he raised up out of a bed of sin and went and took the city gates and left them on a hill. He could kill thousands of Philistine soldiers with just the jawbone of a donkey. It, it, to call him a holy terror is an understatement. But the most important thing about him is that he wasn't an accident. He was the design and the will of God for his generation. I'm preaching tonight to a bunch of Samsons that aren't accidents. I don't care what your parents said when they got upset at you that one time. You're not an accident. You weren't a surprise baby. God doesn't have surprise babies. You are the perfect will of God for this generation. God knew the rebellion. God knew the sin. God knew what this world was going to be going through. And he didn't raise up Oral Roberts for this generation. He didn't raise up Catherine Kuhlman for this generation. He raised up you to be the remnant. He raised you up to be the visible image of the invisible God. And so God gave you power that not everybody has. God gave you access that not everyone has. He gave you an anointing that not everyone has. But sometimes, just like Samson, we dabble and we fall away. I remember one time, I remember one time in Chicago, growing up in Chicago. Because, see, when you start talking like this, everybody, when you preach about Samson, it's like one of those, like, uh, reflex memory things. If I say Adam, you say. I say David, you say. I say Samson, you say. Because we always remember people with their most memorable thing, memorable thing. And in Samson's life, like good humans, we always remember his mistake more than we remember his victory. I'm preaching this sermon because when I came up here, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, there are world changers in that room. But they don't realize what's on them because condemnation has them bound. Sin... A mistake, a, a bad day has them bound and they think they have lost the anointing, lost the power, lost the influence. And I'm here in the name of the Lord to remind you who you are. You're not defeated. You're not your worst day and you're not your mistake. You are who God says you are and who God called you to be. But we have this, this tendency to always want to know why and how people mess up. We were living in Chicago. This is where I was born and raised. And one day we were driving to church. My dad had a pickup truck. And it was, it was really icy. And a lot of snow had fallen. And he just lost a little bit of control. And like just, you know, it happens every now and then you end up in a ditch. So we're in a ditch in our dress clothes. That's when you still had to, you know, get fancy for church. And so we're in our fancy clothes. And he and I are out there with shovels. We're we're digging ourselves out of the ditch. And a bigger truck 
pulls up next to us. This one has lights and bells and whistles. It's what I think Frank would drive if he drove a truck. And this thing drives picks. I've talked too much about Frank. It's what Art would drive if he drove a truck. And that, that truck pulls up, and it looks like hope. It looks like salvation because it was a much bigger truck than what we had. That truck could pull us out of the ditch. And the guy gets out of his truck, and he comes to the edge of the ditch. He sees us down there, and he says, hello. Hello, hello. And my dad says, hello. And the guy said, what happened? And my dad said, who cares? Because we have a tendency of always wanting to know who fell and how they fell and why are you in the ditch and why aren't you preaching and why aren't you singing and why are you in the shape that you're in and you getting the scoop doesn't help one bit. Who cares why they're in that condition? If God sent you there, he didn't send you to get the scoop. He sent you there to pull them out of the miry clay and pull them out of where they are and remind them that a just man falls seven times, but he gets back up again. God did not call us to the ministry of judgment. God did not call us to the ministry of finger pointing. God called us to the ministry of reconciliation. We are called to be ministers and ambassadors of reconciliation. Not condoning sin, not excusing sin, but reminding the sinner, I was a sinner too, but had it not been for the blood of Jesus, I would be in the ditch with you. But the same God that picked me up can pick you up as well. I'm preaching to some Samsons right now. Because... The memory of your mistake haunts you and taunts you. And you have it in your mind. You got the enemy speaking in your ear. You'll never serve God. You'll never be good enough. You can't serve God. You struggle with temptation that no one else does. That's a lie of the devil. You are messed up. And I'm here by the authority of God to tell you that the first thing is you got to get the devil out of your ear. Show me in the Bible where he has authority to square up or look you in the eye or get in your ear. You show me where that's scriptural. It is written in the book of Genesis chapter 2 that God said to the serpent, Upon thy belly shalt thou dwell, and the dust shalt thou eat. He has no right to be in your ear, but he does have a right to be under your feet. And you need to tell that nasty old devil... Get out of my ear and get back under my feet. And actually, don't just get under my feet, but the Bible says the dust shall thou eat. Devil, you eat my dust because I'm not staying where you found me. I'm not staying in the condition I was in. You're going to eat my dust because I'm going forward in the name of Jesus. No more sin. No more. No, no. I'm going forward in Jesus' name. This is what I want to tell you about Samson. Pastor, I hope this is okay. I didn't know I was going to finish the revival out this way. 
But this might be a very important service for someone here that's dealing with this condemnation. Feeling like you're just so jacked up and messed up that God can't use you. Delilah said, boo, stop playing. Just tell me what the source of your power is. And here's where Samson made his mistake. Samson said, Delilah, if you cut my hair, my hair is the source of my power. Now, this isn't in the Bible, but it's in my head. I wonder if God sitting up in heaven watching this situation said, oh, really? Your, your hair. I gave you like seven rules. Hair was just one of the seven rules, and you broke all the rules, and you never lost your power, but now you say it's your hair. Oh, okay. Well, let's see how that works out for you, bud. I want you to think about this for a moment. Think about this scenario. I've thought about this a lot. Delilah says, just tell me where your power comes from. And he says, it's my hair. You know how the whole story changes, Pastor Natalie? Just think about this. Humor me for a moment. What if when she says, boo, where does your power come from? What if Samson would have said, Delilah, it comes from God. What does she do at that point? What does she do? But Samson put more credit in what he was doing than what God had already established. He put more credit in what he was doing than what God did. And when you do that, you are guilty of religion because you think it is what you do that saves you, ladies and gentlemen. It's not what you do. It's what he did on an old rugged cross 2,000 years ago that made the difference. Don't place your faith in what you do. Put your faith, your hope, your trust in what God already established. changes the narrative of the story what would she have done if he would have put his faith back in God but he said it's my hair and I think God said well let's see how that works out and they cut the hair and the Philistine soldiers come in and they take him prisoner they gouge out his eyes and they take him to work in a mill and for the next little while this is why I'm preaching to a Samson here. Because for the next little while, it just felt like Samson was just walking in circles. And I'm preaching to some Samsons that are here today. You're blind. You see no vision. You see no future. You don't understand what tomorrow holds. And it feels like you're just walking in circles. Some of this isn't even sin. Some of this is just because of what life has brought your way. So I'm preaching to some proverbial Samsons that are just walking in circles. They're not really accomplishing anything, not losing anything. They're just in circles and they're blind. They can't. It is my opinion that the worst thing that happened to Samson isn't that they cut his hair. It's that they gouged out his eyes. Because the very next verse says, but his hair began to grow back. He couldn't see his restoration. He couldn't see that what he lost 
was coming back. Samson didn't realize that with every circle around the mill, a little hair was coming back and more power was coming back. He couldn't see that he wasn't just walking in circles, he was walking in restoration. He couldn't see that he wasn't simply walking in prison, but he was walking into his next season and the next chapter of his life. He couldn't see that God was about to take him to a new place and a new level where God's promise to his parents was about to be fulfilled in his life. He couldn't see what God was doing. I know a lot of people, they just can't see it. If you could see it, if you, if God would open your eyes today, you would see that what the devil meant for evil, God's turning it into good, that God's trying to get glory out of that story, that God's trying to do something that will confuse the enemy, humiliate the enemy, and though the enemy came in, he will go out. few of my friends in this church got haircuts today. And it reminded me of a haircut I got one time, Brother Frank. It was a horrible haircut. I got to talking to the bar. And it's not this one, by the way. So somebody's like, oh, I can tell. No, not this one. <laughs> I got this haircut. And the, the barber and I, we just got to talking. And we were chatting and chatting. And she you know, was a female barber, stylist, whatever you call them. And Chatty Kathy and I just got to talking and a talking and a talking and this and that and this and that. Talk and talk, 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 talk. And when she finally flipped the mirror, I looked ready to join the Marines. <laughs> and like, she was a valley girl living in Virginia. She's like, oh my God. I was like, is that like too short? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh -huh. she, and so she tells me, she's like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, well, I'm so not going to pay you. <laughs> she's like, listen, there is good news. I'm like, like, what? you know, what? Like, I, I get a uniform? I mean, like, yeah, I guess. I mean, I said, what? She said, well, like, the good news is that like, even though you can't like really see it yet, your hair is totally already growing back. <laughs> She's like, you just can't see it, but it's like so coming back. And I'm like, well, then I will like so pay you one day, even though you can't see it. But like one day I will totally come back when the hair comes back. But it turns out she's actually telling the truth. You can't really see hair grow from day to day. You don't see your nails grow from day to day, but the reality is that over time you realize, you know what, my nails have grown out. My hair has grown out. You don't see it always in the moment, but the truth is it's always growing. You can cut it, but it keeps growing. You can cut it, and it just keeps growing. Now, it might grow a little slow for some, but it's always growing back. Samson was so focused on the cut that he couldn't see it's growing back. You can't see it. You can't feel it but it's coming back. And I'm hearing the Holy Ghost to tell someone that the devil gave a haircut to. You can't, I know you can't like see it right now, but like your anointing and like your ministry, it is like totally coming back. 
Your marriage, it's coming back. Your kids are coming back. Your preaching ability is coming back. Your money is coming back. I'm here to declare to you that even though the devil came and cut off what you used to glory in and he's made a fool and a spectacle out of you, God says, I'm going to make a fool and a spectacle of the enemy in the presence of your enemies. And I'm going to cause your anointing. I'm going to cause your gifting. I'm going to cause your ministry and your marriage and your I'm going to cause it to grow back for the glory of God I'm here to tell somebody that's walking in circles that with every hallelujah with every praise the Lord with every shout and with every dance your hair is growing back with every tithe envelope and every offering and every time you read your Bible and every prayer and every fasting and every day you walk in holiness and every day you come to the house of the Lord your hair is growing back your ministry is coming back the anointing this is not in vain you're not waiting Wasting your time. Touch somebody and tell them your hair is growing back. Stand with me all over the house. You're not an accident. You're not a surprise. You're the perfect will of God for this generation. And the enemy is absolutely terrified terrified because he's one of the best theologians there are he's read the book he already knows he lost he's just a sore loser he's trying to result he's trying to change the results of a game that has already been determined And he would cause you to think, God can't use you. I'm too poor. I'm undocumented. I'm, I'm, I'm too white. I'm, I'm, I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm too educated. I'm too uneducated. I'm too rich. I'm too poor. I'm too this. I'm too that. It's a lie from hell. It's a lie from hell. It's a lie from hell. And I can prove it to you because Hebrews chapter 11, they call it the chapter of faith. All the big guys are there. Abraham, the one with all the sons. Noah, Moses, Jacob, Gideon, Barak's in there. I mean, just for what it's meant. I mean, they're all in there. And right before the chapter ends, you know who else the Bible says is in there? Samson. In his death, he killed more soldiers, Philistine soldiers, than he did in his life. Proving that when God determines something for your life, you will see it accomplished before you see the tomb. Before Samson passed, the will of God for his life was fulfilled and I'm declaring over you in the name of Jesus that before the trumpet sounds or the tomb comes everything God has ordained for you everything God has promised you everything God wants to do with you it shall be done in the name of Jesus of Nazareth
I release you today from the spirit of intimidation. The Bible says that when we get to heaven, one day we're going to stand in judgment with God of the devil. We're going to be there. The righteous heirs, the joint heirs with Christ, those that were on the Lord's side, we're going to be there. And the Bible says that when the when judgment comes on Satan and he's dragged in, it says that we're going to look and say, that's him? That is what didn't let me sleep? That is what I quit the ministry over? This is what I... This is what I walked out of a marriage for? Th this? That? He's already defeated. He's already defeated. Don't let him intimidate you. Don't let him mess with you. Come on, this is Los Angeles. Y'all are known for who you are. Square up against the devil and rebuke him in the name of Jesus and say, not my house, not my family, not my ministry. I rebuke you back to the pit from whence you came. My hair is growing back in the name of Jesus. God's going to use me again. God's going to raise me back up. And before I see the grave, I'm going to accomplish what God wants to do in my life. Give him a praise in this house right now. somebody here that needed to hear this message today or was I wrong okay I'm calling every proverbial Samson that's in this room now let me let me tell you something because I'm, I'm gonna take care of you religious people I just called for Samson's and when they come I don't want you to be like mm, he's in sin ah she's in sin I rebuke you in Jesus name when I called Samson's, I called for people that know that they're anointed for such a time as this. This has had nothing to do with mistakes and sin. You're still judging him with Delilah. And I'm telling you, he just had victory. But you can't focus on his victory because all you care about is what he did with Delilah. What if we talked about your Delilah? Oh, sorry. I, wh what I'm saying is... Why don't you start focusing on the fact that he had more victories than that one defeat? Why don't you start talking about how God used him and how God accomplished his will in his life rather than focus on that one time, that one day, that one mistake? You would want that kind of grace. You would want that kind of mercy. So show it to others and you'll get it too. When I call for the Samsons, I'm calling for the ones that realize they're anointed for such a time like this. But you've been vexed by the devil. He's tried to attack you, intimidate you, and bring you down. But today you're going to take a step of faith and declare my hair is growing back. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to let go. I am. The will of God is going to be fulfilled in my life. If you're one of those Samsons, when I count to four, get in this altar. One, two, three, four. Musicians, come as well.
When I lost my first wife to leukemia, you don't think I had voices telling me I'd never pray for the sick again? Healing ministry is over. How can you preach healing when people are dying in your family? When I was a young preacher, younger preacher, I'm still young. 42 is the new 22. My God. Ooh, all the 40s in the house, they're like, ooh. That was my word. My hair just grew back. When I was in my early 20s and I was trying to serve the Lord, I was trying to do something good for God, and I went broke, and I pretty much lost everything I had. You don't think I had voices telling me, you're an embarrassment? You dream too much? You just... you. It's like you live in a fantasy land. But I had to make a decision. I'm not going to listen to those voices. I've heard from God. I know what God said about me. I know what God promised me. I'm gonna, I, I, and, and I had to resist. I had to resist. I don't remember everything that's in the movie, so nobody condemn me for what I'm about to say. But there's an old movie from the 90s called A Beautiful Mind about a man that dealt with schizophrenia. He was a master mathematician, won a Nobel Prize, incredibly gifted in the sciences. But there was always these voices, these people. He thought they were real. And they were, the, because of the mental illness, they were always causing him to do things and, and see things that weren't real. And at some point, again, I don't remember everything in the movie, so don't, don't go home and be like, my God, the preacher told me rent. I didn't tell you rent it. I'm just telling you the plot. You don't have to rent it. I just told you the plot. There comes a point in the movie where he has to recognize there's these things that aren't real that are trying to ruin my life. And in the movie, he makes a decision. I will no longer pay them attention. I will no longer listen to them. I will no longer let them affect my life. And on the stage when he wins the Nobel Prize at the end of the movie, have you ever done an altar call with a movie? This is really weird for me. It's because I wore sneakers. I'm telling you, if I'd have worn a suit and dress shoes, I'd still be in the Bible. If I wore them sneakers and that spirit of the world came on me right now. <laughs> it's still a little bit. On, while he's standing on stage receiving the Nobel Prize, he looks to the right, and you know what's there? Those same voices, those same things, those same imaginations. But he doesn't pay them no attention. Temptation will always be there. The lies of the enemy will always be there. But you got to make a decision. I'm no longer giving you attention. I'm not giving you access. I'm not giving you authority. Because God is crowning me with authority. God is crowning me with favor. God's crowning me with supernatural abilities. And I know you want to bring me down, but I pull down those imaginations in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I'm walking in my calling. I'm walking in my anointing. So this is the first thing I want to pray over you today. I want to pray over your eyes. I want to pray over your spiritual eyes. That God would open your eyes today and that today you would see who you are in Christ Jesus. That you would see that you're not what you did. You, you are what he did and he's got a work and a plan and a destiny for your life. 
So I want to pray over your eyes that you'd start seeing that the cloud would be lifted, that the confusion would go, and that clarity of calling would come to so many of you. That's the first thing I want to pray. The second thing I'm going to pray is protection over you from the fiery darts of the enemy, from every Delilah that would try to show up, from every voice, from every imaginary figure that would try to take hold of you and drag you into a place you were never supposed to be in. And third, I'm going to pray and declare over you that what God has spoken about you and declared about you will come to pass in the name of Jesus. Samson's and Samsonesses, raise your hands. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray for your eyes. I pray that they would be open to the purpose of God, the destiny of God, the calling that is on your life, that your eyes would be open to what God wants to do. I command clouds of confusion to lift and I declare clarity of calling to come. Now I take authority over every evil spirit, every temptation, every imagination, everything, every work, every fiery dart of the enemy that would be trying to destroy you. I pray that revelation that would I pray that revelation would come to you now that the enemy wouldn't attack you if he didn't realize the greatness that's on the inside of you. But I push back the fiery darts of the enemy. I pray a hedge of protection over you and over me and over our families. I declare that we're covered by the blood. I declare that there is an angelic border of protection all around us. And I declare that we're in the palm of God's hand. That's why no weapon formed against us shall prosper because God has us covered. And I decree and I declare that everything that God has spoken, he's not a man that he should lie and if God said it, it shall be. So in Jesus' name, I declare authority, I declare blessing, and I declare anointing over you right now. In Jesus' name, give him a shout of praise. Father, I pray over this house, over this church, and over this ministry. I thank you for what you've already done with Pastors Bolt. I thank you for what you've done with the leadership team of this house. But Father, I speak more over them right now in Jesus' name. More glory, more crusades, more nations, more campuses, more real estate, more souls, more water baptisms, more Holy Ghost infillings, more healing, more signs, more miracles, because an army of Samsons are rising up in this house that aren't going to live in their mistake, but they're going to live in their promise, and God's going to use them to conquer the land, and through their testimony, multiplied thousands are going to come to the feet of Jesus and say, I don't identify with what I did, but I identify by what Jesus did for me on the cross I am saved I am sanctified I am water baptized and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and God has a plan God has a purpose God has a destiny God is using my life for his glory Haramasaya. 
in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. We've prayed for the sick. We've prayed for Holy Ghost baptisms. We've prayed for restoration. But it would be wrong of me to go home and not ask, is there someone here tonight that you're not where you need to be with Jesus? Maybe you've never received him as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you received him, but you lost him along the way. And tonight you say, Pastor, I need to make sure. Because I've had some stuff. I don't want to focus on my stuff, but I've been in the ditch. And I'm here tonight so that Jesus would pull me out of where I am. Maybe it's the first time. Maybe it's the 20th time. Maybe it's the 400th time that you've done that. Kids, don't call me when I'm in the altar. It doesn't matter if it's your first time or your multiplied hundredth time. The old song says, there's room at the cross for you. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. And then this is the line that always gets me. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. Millions have come. But if it was just you, Jesus said, it's worth it. If tonight you say, Pastor Tony, I want to make sure that I'm on the right course. I want to make sure that my life is in the hands of Jesus. If that's you, with every head bowed, when I count to three, I want to ask you to raise your hand. There's room at the cross for you. Yes, there's room at the cross for you though millions have come there's still room for one yes there's room at the cross for you one two three raise those hands hallelujah I see hands, I see hands, I see hands, I see hands, I see hands. It's this easy. You can pray this prayer with me, or you can pray your own prayer. Either way will work. The prayer isn't the end all, it's the beginning. Someone asked me one time, how many steps does it take to be saved? And I said, that depends how long you're going to live. Because God never called you to take a step. He called you to take a walk. And it starts with faith. And then there's repentance. There's water baptism. There's the infilling of the Holy Ghost. There's holiness. There's righteousness. There's victory. There's prosperity. Every step, what am I doing? I'm just walking with Jesus. And you walk, walk, walk. And then one day a trumpet's going to sound. And you're going to stop walking because you're going to fly away to meet him in the air. That's the promise. 
But it does start with a simple confession. It's as easy as you can repeat my prayer or say your own. You can, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I repent of my sins. Forgive me for my mistakes. Wash me in the blood of the Lamb. And I ask you today to be the Lord of my life, the Savior of my soul. And because of you, I will never be the same. Thank you, Jesus, for, for saving me. Now someone give him praise right now. Hallelujah. Would you all bring me those prayer cloths, please? Whoever. I'm sorry, I forgot to just, whoever has them. We're going to pray over these prayer cloths. Now, I told him the other night, this, this is a fancy church. Usually when they do prayer cloth Sunday at churches, you get like that much of the prayer cloth. Like you'll drop it and lose it in the parking lot. This church, you can't hide money. This church said, we're going to give you the whole handkerchief. I told pastor, I'm like, I'm like, as much as I sweat, I'm like, see, I said, I'm going with some, I'm taking some blessing home from this house. Everyone that's here tonight can receive a prayer cloth. I'm going to turn the service over to Pastor Brian and Pastor Natalie in just a moment. But I want to pray over these prayer cloths. Is that okay, pastors? I need some oil. If somebody give me some oil. I'm going to pray over these prayer cloths. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 19 that when the apostle could not get to those that were, that were sick, they would send handkerchiefs, aprons, the Bible calls them that had touched the apostle. It's not, that, it's not that the cloth has any kind of superpower in it. It's that it's a point of contact. It's a memory of the anointing. These cloths have been in an anointed room with anointed men and women that have prayed over them and declared when this gets to where it's supposed to go, healing power, miracle power, resurrection power. Now, I want to encourage some of you parents. I see enough in here. I take my liberty. But again, remember, I'm not the pastor, so they can correct whatever I say. But I want to encourage some of you parents. Get a prayer cloth and put it in your child's room. Under their mattress. I don't care where you put it. But when they go to school tomorrow, whatever, you get in there and you put that prayer cloth in there and you pray over that bedroom. You tell them. The spirits that try to attack that, hey, this, this, the child that lives in this room, he belongs to God. He was bought with the blood of Jesus. And in this room, there is no vaping. There is no drugs. There is no sin. And put that prayer cloth in there and pray over that pillow and declare when my son lays his head on this pillow, when my daughter lays her head on this pillow, she's not going to be visited by demons. She's going to be visited by the Holy Ghost. 
the angels of the Lord encamp in that room. And as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Go put one in your kitchen. Go just throw it in a cabinet and say, no more arguing in this room. No more contention in this room. This kitchen is going to have joy. It's going to have peace in the Holy Ghost. The anointing resides here. The anoint. You're having marriage trouble? Go throw it in your spouse's closet. And they'll go put one in your closet. And say, romance is coming back. Love is coming back. Happiness is coming back. Unity is coming back. watch God do the work. Father, I thank you for this wonderful house and what you're doing in this house. I thank you for the power of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I thank you for what you are about to do in this house. I thank you for every miracle. I thank you for every healing. I thank you for every marriage that's going to be restored. I thank you for another bottle of oil that's on its way right now for me to use. I thank you that you're going to work many, many miracles. I thank you that marriages will testify later that God did something. We, we, we weren't talking we weren't communicating. We weren't seeing eye to eye. But, but God changed something. God did something. And I'll remember, it was the anointing. It was the anointing. It was the anointing. It was the anointing. Those children are going to serve the Lord. I break the addiction to drugs and alcohol and pornography. I break the addiction to vaping. I, I break rebellion. I break defiance and I declare, I declare that because of the anointing, I declare that because of the anointing, I declare that because of the anointing, the chains are broken. The spirits have to flee. And I declare that because of the anointing, our, our great God is going to work great, great miracles in our family and with our children and with our marriages and with our ministries in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Pastor, I hope you don't care, but I declare that Mylan, Cole, Michael, Macy, and Zachary, they're going to serve the Lord. I'm not going to lose my children while I'm out preaching the gospel. I'm not going to let the enemy attack my house while I'm out preaching the gospel. Devil, you leave my children alone. You leave my family alone. You leave my assets alone, my possessions alone. I'm covered in the blood. My house is surrounded by angels. There's an anointing on all five of my children, and they're going to prophesy. They're going to they're going to lay hands on the sick and they will be saved. Pastors, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I really hope that this was okay tonight. I bless that man and I bless that lady in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. God, I told him the other day, I said, I'm not prophesying, I'm just telling you what I feel. You've been building for God in the corner, in the shadows, without any spotlight and any fanfare, but you've been faithful. 
you weren't doing it for a camera. You were doing it for God. But there comes this moment that when God knows he can trust you, everything shifts and the spotlight goes boom. It's like God says, now. And I feel in my spirit that there's about to be a shift. Attention, good attention, is going to be drawn to this church because God says, I know I can trust this house. Because they're not going to rob me of my glory, says the Lord. But they'll give all credit and all honor and all glory to whom it belongs to. They'll point to Jesus. And because you point to Jesus, Jesus is going to send multiplied blessings. So I bless that man and I bless that lady. There, she's a mother in Zion. This is a father of the faith. There are great, great things that are coming out of this ministry and more is coming, says the Spirit of the Lord. The Lord says even things you did not dream about but will be revealed to you in the next few years. Watch, says the Spirit of the Lord, as there's like a magnet anointing to this house. Others are drawn here. They come here. I even see someone moving here and they'll just say, I don't know, it's like a magnet drew me here and you'll remember this night when the Lord spoke to you and says I've given you a magnetic anointing I'm causing goodness and mercy and blessing and favor and souls to come towards you. I bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Everything you touch, everything you do, not one word drops to the floor, but everything is successful. Everything is victorious and God gets the glory out of everything. And I bless every psalmist and musician that's on this platform. May the anointing that was on King David reside on you. That when you sing and when you play, demonic spirits flee without you even having to rebuke them. When you sing and when you play, depression goes. Demonic oppression goes. Sickness goes. Anxiety goes and healing comes and joy comes and deliverance comes because of the anointing. I bless this house, those Sunday school teachers, your youth ministry, the ushers and the security, the sound team, the media team, the ministry team, and the deacons. I bless every one of you, the ladies ministry, the men's ministry, the senior citizen ministry, even the new people. I bless you all in the name of Jesus. I declare that you're favored. I declare that you prosper. And I declare that anything you do in the name of the Lord will give, that will give God glory. God will command prosperity to come on it and I say it's done in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah for a moment just go back to your seat just for a moment because we want to hand out these prayer cloths can we give a big hand clap for Pastor Tony wasn't he just such a blessing Pastor Natalie, would you hold this? Pastor Rob, would you hold one of these? Before we leave tonight, 
we want to bless the man of God. I believe in sowing in good soil. And this man left his family to travel across the country to bless us. I want to be a blessing to him. Now, if you need to give your tithe and offering, great. If you need to give your first fruits offering, great. You can do it all online, tithe, offering, first fruits. But what I really want to focus on tonight is blessing Pastor Tony. He came here to serve, and he's a joy. Let me say it again. He's a pure joy. You know? A lot of times evangelists come in and they're very bougie. Come on, somebody. He just said, feed me some tacos and in and out burger. And he, he was a man that came to serve. And we are so blessed to do that. So I want everyone to stand. And if you need a tithe, tithe. And this is the weekend we've been collecting our first fruits offering. And this is for kingdom building. We're going to build the kingdom of God with more crusades, the L.A. outpouring, everything that's happening. We're going to build the kingdom of God. What I want you to do is I want you to prepare a gift outside your tithe, outside your first fruits offering. And we're going to bring that gift, whether you're giving online, and if you give to Pastor Tony tonight, give to CR.City and go to special offering, online special offering. If you're giving cash, put it in an envelope, just put Tony, and we're going to bring it up to these altars. If you're writing a check, write it out to the church and just put Tony on the memo, and we want to bless him. So I want everyone to just prepare a gift doesn't matter the amount but what I want to do is I want us to sow this weekend we've been blessed I want us to sow you may say I've already tithed I've already given first fruits if you got a dollar sow this is good soil I want everyone to sow if you're able if you got a quarter come on somebody you can sow I want everyone to sow I want everyone to prepare and I want us to lift up our gift I want us to lift up our gift. Hallelujah. Put it in your hand and lift it up. This is what we're going to bless the man of God with. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lord, we're sowing into good soil. You are faithful. You are faithful. And Lord, when we sow, we know we're going to reap. And this weekend, we are reaping something. That's for the rest of this year. Our hair is growing back. My hair is growing back. What the enemy meant for evil, God is turning around for the good. Your hair is growing back. Some of you, the devil counted you out. But God says it was just a setup. That setback was a setup for what God has for you. I'm believing for a supernatural year, a miracle-filled year, a year of promise, a year of fulfillment, a year of blessing, a year of favor. Doesn't mean problems won't come, 
But like I said on Friday night, you'll be walking on top of the problems. The problems won't be walking on top of you. I want Pastor Bill, come here, grab a basket. Pastor Alba, come here, grab a basket. I want you guys to come down here by the altar, Pastor Ron. Now, I want you to take enough prayer cloths for you and your family. Now, if you have like 35 people in your family, you know, let's let's cut. We're gonna cut it at 10. Come on, somebody. Nobody's got more. Well, I don't know. So. We'll give everybody up to 12. How about that? So, now, but if you need to take how many you got for your family, even if it's 30, you just wait till the end, okay? So, but I want you to lay your offering. Even if you're given online, I want you to just bring your phone up as you get it. We're sowing a seed into this year. So what I want to do is I want... Alba, scoot over this section. Rob, Pastor Rob, stay right here. Natalie, Bill. And so I want this section to come towards Pastor Alba. And Pastor Alba, as you hand them a prayer cloth, how many they want, I want you to just bless them. And same with Pastor Rob, bless them. Pastor Natalie, Pastor Bill. And as you get it, lay your offering on the altar. We're going to bless the man of God. And if you're given electronically, just have it in your hand. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right, I want you to begin to leave your seat and begin to take your prayer cloth.
Frank. Come here, Frank. Frank came all the way from the East Coast and Frank, Pastor Tony's going to pray a prayer over you. Just lift your hands, Frank. Y'all stretch your hands towards our brother. Father, I thank you for my friend, my brother, the blessing that he is to the kingdom and to the body. I bless his life today and I thank you for the next. I thank you for the next chapter. I thank you for the new thing. I thank you for the open door that no man can shut. I thank you. I thank you that this next phase of life is not going to be like a game show where you don't know what door to pick and there's worry that if I pick the wrong door, I'll mess it up because God is the door that no man can shut. So every wrong decision and every wrong move is going to disappear in the name of Jesus. One obvious door, one big door is going to show itself and it's going to open and you're going to walk through it. And after you walk through it, you're never going to look back because there is a new day. There is a new chapter. There is a new season. And it's a season of joy. It's a season of contentment. And yea, it is even a season of dancing, says the Spirit of the Lord. And I bless you today in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Somebody give God praise right now. Hallelujah. One more team, keep singing just one more time.
right, we gotta shout now. She had scoliosis. Come here. Come here. Listen to me. She had. She came with a twisted back. It was in a nest. She said, look, I can't do it. I can't bend. I can't jump. I can't do anything. I can't even turn my neck without pain. I got scoliosis. So we had to change her vocabulary from I got to I had. So she's been 100%. I need, I need something now. And you got to show everybody what God has done. We need something now. She is completely 100% healed. Scoliosis has now gone. Somebody shout and somebody jump. Jump. needs a healing lift their hand we just declare the healing power of Jesus over your life by Jesus's stripes you are healed we declare it right now healing in the name of Jesus healing in the name of Jesus healing in the name of Jesus come on miracles signs and wonders